0: The definition of the word radical, R-A-D-I-C-L-E, is the first part of a seedling, a growing plant embryo, to emerge from the seed during the process of germination. The radical is the embryonic root of the plant, and it grows downward into the soil. To be rooted is radical. In this day and age, being rooted in ourselves, our bodies, the earth, and our immediate communities is a radical act. It means we often say no to the cultural narratives that tell us we don't own ourselves, but rather we belong to the ideas and popular rituals and customs of our society. It's a rejection of the story of dependency we are indoctrinated into from birth on big systems often motivated by profit and control that keep us out of power within ourselves and our families. But when we root into this new version of living, one that is based in truth, freedom, health, growth, connection, and spirituality, we are revived. We return to our true selves, without all the stories of what we are supposed to do and believe. So, if you get rooted, you will be revived. My name is Chantel, and I'm the host of the show. I illuminate unsubstantiated cultural mores with the hopes to arm women and mothers with traditional back-to-basics earth wisdom that creates whole, healthy families and communities in the age of failing healthcare. Hey guys, I wanted to hop on here again today to quickly, well, I say quickly, who knows, but to read something in my notebook that I wrote a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, I wrote pretty much all of it, um, but the last part of this will be mostly just improvised and, um, kind of just adding to everything I just said. Also, I'm going to be reading it from my notebook, and when I write things, you know, I, like, you know, cross through sentences and, like, add other things, and I... Make arrows, and so there's like it's it's kind of looks chaotic, so I'm gonna try to read this um, just kind of as best as I can, but anyways, today, what I wanted to talk about or the title of this podcast episode and the title that I put up top of this writing is "Did you hire a midwife or a medwife and basically what I want to do is point out something that uh, is very, very, very pervasive in the natural, quote-unquote, natural birth world. Um, also just wanted to, yeah, just kind of um, make the distinction between midwife and medwife and what I mean by that. So anyways, um, I guess I'll just get started and yeah, okay. Something I often see that breaks me to watch is when I know how badly a woman wants a natural empowering home or birth center birth, but I know her chances of getting it are lower simply based off of who she hired as her birth team. Honestly, this hurts me more to watch than women who choose to birth in a hospital, because at least for the most part, I'm assuming, women who automatically choose hospital birth are getting what they're asking for. Um, so I'm going to uh, make a little side note there. Um, I don't mean that, like, when women go into hospitals because hosp- the hospital obstetrical system is inherently abusive, I don't mean that they're, like, asking for that abuse. I mean that when women go into hospitals we more or less know what happens in the hospital when you give birth. Um, Not always. I think maybe many women don't really realize that system until they get there. But for the most part, we know that there's monitors. We know there's machines. We know there's distant and unfamiliar care providers. We know there's epidurals. um, We know there's C-sections. Like, we know what happens at the hospital. So that's kind of what I meant by that they're getting what they're asking for. Um, These women, they go to the hospital mostly, to get a technocratically managed birth. So they more or less know what they're walking into. At least, we hope they more or less know what they're walking into. But when a woman wants a natural out-of-hospital birth and hires a midwife, she often thinks that she has done the most important thing to ensure that she gets that, that she gets the birth that she wants. So this is why it's kind of harder to watch. For me, watching friends or women that I know, Higher midwives, or the worst for me is when I see a woman choose a birthing center birth, and I'll get to that um in a little bit um because I know that these what these women want is a natural birth. I know what these women want is an empowering natural birth, and you know when I see a woman who choosing to go to the hospital i don't I don't assume that that's what she wants, so when I see a woman wanting this natural, physiological, normal birth, but they hired a medwife or a midwife or are doing it at the birthing center, I oftentimes, um, it's really hard to see and it's really hard to not say something. So what so many women don't understand is that not all midwives are equal and that So, anyways, I'll just keep going. Um, That not all midwives are equal and that not only that, but like all spheres that involve women, so just because a midwife is a woman and just because your doctor, your OB, is a woman and just because the person who's going to be, quote, unquote, delivering your baby is a woman. um, What most women don't understand is that the what we call the patriarchy, and I'm just using that word as a um, kind of umbrella term for all of this, Is that they are often, these women are often unknowingly complicit with the ways that maternity care fails women. So oftentimes we think that, you know, because we're seeing a woman as our care provider, um, that we're safe. And that's not true because these women have been educated and taught in the patriarchal system. So at one time, long ago, all a midwife was was simply a woman who sat with and served women during childbirth. It wasn't anyone who um, studied or had any medical training. I mean, maybe on some level they had some sort of, like, a training. Um, but it wasn't a woman who had a, a state license. It wasn't a woman who um, had any rules or regulations or was uh, had to adhere to Yeah, had to adhere to these rules or regulations that are governed by the state. Um, But now, co-opted by the government and the medical establishment, a midwife is one who is licensed to the state because she completed years of schooling or training um, of a certain curriculum that was created and influenced by the medical board and based off of common ideas and modern beliefs that we participate in in the field of obstetrics. So, Um, Midwives, or medwives, um, they often come with a list of rules and regulations that serve her in maintaining her licensure, but doesn't serve women and babies. So while no, your midwife won't be using an epidural on you, um, you know, you're not going to have... All of these, um, you know, these like monitors on you that you wear at the hospital. Um, She still comes with a slew of boxes that you must check off in order to be deemed as qualified to have your baby where you choose, which is, you know, at home is what we're talking about here. So oftentimes, um, I hear this term or this idea thrown around that a woman is not a candidate or she doesn't qualify to have a home birth. That idea alone is extremely um, paternalistic and misogynistic. It's the idea that women cannot choose for themselves um, or be their own judge of where they want to give birth, but that they need an outside authority figure to tell them, um, yes, you are deemed um, to qualify or be a candidate to have your birth where you choose. So this is our first clue into the paternalistic ideas that seep into modern home birth culture. The only person who should have the right to deem themselves a candidate to birth at home is the woman who will be birthing at home. The only person who is qualified to determine your quote unquote level of risk is you. And when I say level of risk, I want everyone to understand that what that means is totally subjective and it varies woman to woman. So this is kind of what I talked about on my previous episode about vaccines is that we assume what people's personal and private uh, goals and outcomes and priorities are and what they want to be and like what people want for themselves. When we um, tell a woman that she's quote unquote high risk, what we're doing is we are painting and labeling or not labeling, but we are painting and basically giving this woman a set of projected priorities and values that she may or may not actually have. Hold on, I have a baby coming in the room. Yes, Razi? Do you want to come in here? Okay, you can come in. Will you shut the door all the way? You can come in. You just have to not talk. Okay, so this is where I want to stop everyone right here. If you hired someone who has check boxes for you, who says, yes, I will be your care provider, and so long as you dot, 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 like check the boxes, um, then you can have the birth here at home or at this birthing center, or whatever. So right there is where I would suggest any woman to step back and look at the person that you've hired. So does your care provider see themselves as the authority in your pregnancy and birth? So like I just said, do they see themselves as the gatekeeper of how and where and under what conditions you can give birth? So like I said, that you can only give birth in this way or at this place if you, you know, your pregnancy looks these certain ways or if you check these boxes. So do they see themselves as the authority and the gatekeeper of your birth or do they know that it's you? Do they see that it's you? but it doesn't end here. In the beginning, I asked if you hired a midwife or a medwife. I'll tell you in the may, in the most straightforward and comprehensive way exactly how you'll know. Okay, try to twist it the other way. And what, you use both hands. Okay. Real life, guys, real life. Um so yeah, I'll tell you I'm what I'm going to do is kind of like go down a loose list that I've created. Um that Um, of the ways, of how you'll know if you've hired a midwife or a medwife. So, and I also want to say that this is something I've wanted to talk about for a long time, but I've, I mean, and maybe I do here and there, but I've mostly avoided, avoided going into so much detail because this stuff is so sensitive. And in the past, just like two or three years, I've had a lot of friends who have chose birthing center births and um home births and you know when a woman is pregnant and like making these choices it's not like it's like this isn't something you want to like throw in their face so yeah it's just something that's really sensitive which is why I haven't gone into too much detail about it but on the contrary to what some people might think I don't like upsetting people I have like I said friends who I've called their hospital transfers and their c-sections from the get-go um be just just simply based off of who they hired those people might be reading this, and I don't want them to think that I'm judging them, but worse, I wonder if anyone will say, Well, why didn't you tell me then um you know if you knew all these things and i actually i have i have like I do know someone who um who chose a birth in a birth she have her baby in a birthing center she went past forty two weeks and um ended up having a c-section at the hospital because she was induced and la da 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 you know that's a really common story and you know i have you know had her say like and i was really like supportive during that process with her um and i have had her say like why didn't you like say more do something and like it's because like this is sensitive and this is taboo and like i don't like to feel like i'm being sanctum or like pressuring anyone and like we're supposed to respect and accept all women's choices but like this, all this, it's very pervasive now. And so that's why I'm saying it. Um, and I'm going to put it all here in one place on the record so that I don't have to ever say it again. I mean, I'll probably say it again or write about it, but at least I want to have a podcast episode where, you know, I'm really going into, um, really going into detail here. So again, all of this is to say that, um, like the information I'm putting out right now. This is only for women who desire a physiological natural birth. And now when I say natural birth, that means so many different things to so many different people. For some people, natural birth just means a vaginal birth. For some people, a natural birth means like a birth without medication. So you were not induced or you didn't get an epidural, but like a natural birth can still happen in the hospital, according to some people. Um, When I say natural birth, I mean a physiological birth. Um, birth the way birth is supposed to be so there's a saying that goes the first intervention in birth is leaving the home because as soon as you leave your home um, you know it messes with your natural um, hormonal uh, you know kind of like the hormonal matrix or the hormonal domino effect that the unfolding of your hormones as they should during birth so um, when I say natural birth I mean at home undisturbed not managed physiological the way like that you would be giving birth if in the wild, if you were a wild woman, which you are. so, um, like I said, that can to me that cannot happen outside of the home. We can have an unmedicated birth out of the home, but not a physiological one, and um, that's just how if you disagree with those definitions, totally cool, but that's how I'm gonna define it for define it for the sake of this recording. so. How will you know if you hired a midwife or a medwife? Really, there's only one answer to that. I'll give you more, like, detailed things so that you'll know. But, um, really the only answer to that is the one that I said earlier. And that is that if the person you hired has conditions on your birth, Regarding if the person you hired has any conditions on your birth. So, like I said earlier, you can, yes, you can only give birth at home or in this birthing center so long as you dot 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 dot, dot you know, fill in the blank. If there's any sort of checklist that you must, uh, check off all the boxes in order to have the birth that you want, then you have hired a medwife. Period. a medwife is someone who has any authority over your birth a medwife is someone who um, places any rules or has any regulations over your birth um, a medwife is someone who says so now I'm going to get like into more of the details um, a medwife will tell you that you can't go past a certain time frame so, if a medwife tells you that if you go past 42 weeks that they will have to, quote-unquote, risk you out, that's a medwife. A medwife will also, during prenatal um, appointments or prenatal care, will often encourage you, or strongly suggest or even require that you get um, all sorts of testing that maybe even you go get a sonogram or some I've heard of some some midwives requiring the 22 week ultrasound that's a midwife um, some midwives will require or highly suggest you get vaccinated during your pregnancy excuse me um so anyone who requires you to do any type of testing or intervention during your pregnancy, um, now whether or not uh, like I said, they highly they, they just highly recommend it or encourage it or they require it. Um, I would say either one of those would be a medwife. Um, a medwife wants to check you during labor. Um, a medwife. I mean, really, it's just really that one thing. It's anyone who has any uh regulations or rules over your birth who says, if this happens, we'll have to risk you out. Or, if you don't go into labor by this time. Or, if this happens, you'll, you're, you're going to go to the hospital. Or, if you're in labor for this long. Um, basically, it's anyone who who places themselves as... Um, the authority over the birth process and anyone who has an idea for more or less how the birth should go. So speaking of that, I'm going to like slide into the birthing center stuff really fast. Um, okay, so this is going to be my like just blunt, honest advice. If you want a natural birth and you know I defined natural earlier, so a natural, physiological, unmedicated birth. Um, my suggestion to you is to absolutely, positively do not go to the birthing center. If you have a good birthing center experience, you are the exception. You are not the rule. The thing with the birthing, ex- the thing with birthing centers is that most of them are um, state reg- highly state regulated, so it's kind of just like a fancy hospital without. You know, the epidurals and stuff, but um, they are so cautious about um, liability that they will send a woman to the hospital for any little thing. So you cannot go past a certain um, time frame in your pregnancy if you're at the birthing center. You cannot be in labor for very long at the birthing center. Um, Your waters cannot be open for, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on, but. Basically, I mean, if you have a, you know, blood, um, blood pressure spike or if you're during labor, if your blood pressure goes up, anything like that, you will go to the hospital. The thing with a birthing center is because they are so concerned about liability, um, that your pregnancy and your birth have to be textbook perfect in order to stay there. That's why their transfer rates are high and that's why so many women get risked out and that's why so many women transfer. So my advice to you is if you want a natural birth, then don't do it at a birthing center. I know way more many women who have been risked out and transferred from birthing centers than I do women who have actually had their babies at birthing centers. Honestly, like personally, like in my day to day life, I think I know I know so many women who have um had birthing center births and or have attempted to and I think I know like three women who have actually had their babies at the birthing center. Everyone else had to go to the hospital. And I'm like I'm not exaggerating, and I know so many. A lot of them were people that I've attended births so as when I was a doula, like way back in the day. Um, most of them are friends, but all in all, most people I know who choose to have babies at the birthing center will end up in the hospital. That's just how it is, and it sucks because every time I hear a friend tell me that they're having their baby at the birthing center, I know that the odds are that they will actually be having their baby in the hospital, and I know that's shitty. It may be Uh, negative way to think but that's just the reality given how concerned birthing centers are with liability and how strict they are um as far as um the conditions in which you can give birth so last little side note about birthing centers if you want to go more into detail about that i have a blog post it's old i'm just going to look it up really fast just to make sure it's still there um Looks like I need to uh renew my looks like I need to renew my blog domain. <laughs> I don't use my blog much anymore. I'll get that back up, but um but yeah, I did a blog post about birthing centers. It's called some things like birthing centers, a wolf in sheep's clothing, um that I, I wrote a while back. There's also some I know, indie birth or taking back birth podcasts about birthing centers. Um, so if you want to kind of do a deep dive into the world of birthing centers, those would probably be your best options. So, yeah, um basically, that's it. I just wanted to get on here and tell women who desire an empowering physiological natural birth that you that just because you hire a midwife doesn't mean you're going to get that. And as a matter of fact, the odds are that in this day and age and like from what I see and given my own experience um, that you won't a lot of the time. And um, so just to give you a background on my experience when I was pregnant six years ago, I thought that I had like reached the pinnacle of like natural living and crunchiness by having a home birth with a midwife. I didn't even know that like free birthing or autonomous birthing was a thing. Um, I mean, maybe I had like heard of some weirdos doing it, like, but that was like totally not like, that was not the norm. That was not I just didn't know anything about it so I hired a midwife and I I knew a little bit about this actually like I knew that I so when I would go interview midwives I would ask like will you let me be pregnant for as long as I'm pregnant like are you going to risk me out after a certain time Um, you know like under what conditions would you transfer me to the hospital I asked all these questions because a part of me knew that a lot of midwives had a bunch of rules like this and I didn't want that on me, so I remember the first midwife I interviewed. I was like, "Okay, hell no um and then i I interviewed um a team of two midwives, and they were totally like, Yeah, you can be pregnant as long as you want um like I would even ask like do you do you want me to like go tour the hospital just in case?" and they looked at me like, "Hell no, are you kidding me? Um, like they were as you know good as I thought midwives got, so I hired them and then of course only one of them attended my birth and, and it, it was, it was managed and it was not. There was, it was mostly hands off. Um, it got to a point where it was really, really hard. So I did ask her to check me. I don't recommend doing that. I was only four centimeters and I literally thought I was about to push a baby out. Uh, so that was pretty heartbreaking. Um, so it got the things that I didn't like about my, Midwifery, or I was gonna say midwifery team, but it was a midwifery team. It wasn't one of, it was one midwife of the team and then two student midwives who ended up coming, which that was another thing. Like, I only thought there was gonna be one student midwife there who I had been seeing regularly during my prenatal appointments. Um, but then this other, like, super random new student midwife just showed up, like, and I, without my permission and without me knowing she was coming, and that was just kinda of like, oh, there's three midwives here. Like, I, that wasn't really what I wanted, um in hindsight, it was kind of good because I had a posterior baby, and I needed constant back massage so between my partner and the three of them, like there could be more people in rotation, but you know, still kind of like fucked up to bring someone into a birthing woman's face without her knowing or without her permission, especially someone that she doesn't know or isn't familiar with. but for me, it got bad when um so, I was in labor for a long time with a posterior baby, and this caused my cervix to swell, so I had a cervical lip and it was really big and um and my midwife did here's some words I don't like let me um you know try to uh you know wait for a while to see if the swelling would go down naturally um and maybe it would have if we would have waited longer. I don't know. But eventually, um, I was getting more dilated. So I was like at 9, almost 10 centimeters. And basically, she said that we have to push it back. And, you know, just I believed her at the time. I didn't really know, I guess, much about cervical lips. And so I allowed her to push my cervical lip back over the baby's head. And it was probably more painful than, like, birth itself. Um, I screamed really loud. And then she told me I could push. And this is kind of where it got really managed, and I feel really um, just disappointed by this part of my birth. But I didn't feel like pushing, but I was told to push. And so I was pushing really, really hard for, I don't know how long I pushed, maybe an hour and a half. Um, But yeah, I that part of my birth is really sad to me when I think about it because my body wasn't ready to push and I like forced my body to push which probably was the reason I had prolapse for a year probably the reason um, I bled so much afterwards um so I just can't help but wonder if I just let my body do it naturally on its own and let the fetal ejection response take over um you know, how much better my postpartum would have been. Hold on. Yes, Razi. So, yeah. um, So, that aspect of my birth was um, disappointing in hindsight, for sure. Um, And then afterwards, they were, like, forcing me to eat, um, and I was not hungry at all. It's true that during my whole labor, which lasted basically 24 hours, that I wasn't eating anything, and I just not because – they said I couldn't, but just because, I mean, they were encouraging it the whole time, but I just couldn't. Like, in labor, there was no part of me that wanted food at all. And then after I gave birth, um, because of, like, all the blood loss, and I think I was just so out of it from all the, like, pushing. And um, if you've ever had a posterior baby, you know how um, its pr- contractions are particularly painful. Um, birth is particularly long. um yeah, it's just, I think it's just harder when the baby is in a less than quote unquote optimal position. Okay. Um, dealing with the kid stuff, so I don't really know where I left off. But my point is, is that even though, like, I hired, like, I, I thought I had asked all the right questions, at the end of the day, most of the time, midwives are just people with their own lives who, if they've been sitting in your house for, you know, a day or longer or two or three, like, they have their own families, they want to get home, they have other clients they need to serve, and so just, it's just human nature that they're going to want to speed up the process, which is what I think ultimately happened in my birth, is that they'd already been there overnight, and they saw that I was really close, so they just wanted to push that cervical lip back and get me pushing. And while that might serve them in their lives, that doesn't serve women and that doesn't serve babies. So when you are making someone in charge of or the authority of your birth, just remember that they're people too and they're not going to necessarily be able to um, stick around and serve on your timeline because birth is so unknown, right? Like I've seen women Birthing, you know, naturally undisturbed physiologically for up being in labor for like up to six days and not the vast majority of people don't have time to just sit with women and wait for this process to unfold. Excuse me, because, like I said, they have jobs or they have kids that they need to attend to, they have other clients they need to attend to, they have things they need to do. This is why in the hospital, doctors so often you know schedule c sections or tell women that they need to get c sections because it's like, I need to go home, my shift is about to end. I'm going on vacation next week, I can't be here. You know, so like we have to remember that like these people have their own motives, and while it's not always um with ill intent. It doesn't serve women to be on someone else's timeline. So if you are on someone else's timeline, then you have hired a medwife. So that's something else to keep in mind. So now with all this information one might be wondering, well, then how can I know for certain that um, I'm not hiring a medwife? How can I know for certain that whoever I'm hiring, um, they won't ask me, you know, all these questions and or or require of me like all these tests? Um, And here's another thing, like side note, speaking of tests and prenatal care, you're not required to do any of that. You're not required to get your blood drawn. You're not required to uh, drink any glucose drink or take a glucose test. You're not required to, um, you know, pee in a cup or, or whatever, like whatever it is or get ultrasounds. Whatever it is that the person that you have hired says that you need to do, you're not required to do any of it. And if they tell you that you are, one, um, they're they're lying to you or, Um, Maybe maybe you're just required to do it if you have them as your care provider, but you as a person are not required to do it. So anytime you have to sacrifice your wants, needs, and desires and comfortability to serve the position of someone else, that's probably not the person for you. So um, this really was a huge relief for me because while yes obviously there were a lot of things I opted out of in my prenatal care such as um, vaccines and glucose tests I still did get my blood drawn early on thinking that like I had to do that for some reason and next time I definitely will not be getting my blood drawn I hate getting my blood drawn I always have hated getting my blood drawn um, as someone who's never been over, like, 105 pounds – well, I did gain, like, 50 pounds right after high school, but whatever – who has mostly never been more than 105 pounds. I was never even allowed to get my blood drawn in high school, and the times that, you know, I have ever given blood or gotten my blood drawn, I feel, like, my heart racing and, like, I'm going to pass out, and I hate it. I absolutely hate it, and that's no state for a woman to be in if she is pregnant and – um. Yeah, gonna give birth. That's like we don't want to stress, you know, mothers out. So next time I will not be giving blood or getting my blood drawn. And so yeah, all the little tests and procedures that they want to do prenatally, um, that is just as much of a um, that's just as much of a falsified system that's been put on to women, just as much as you know the whole maternity like giving birth world is. So the whole, like, prenatal care trajectory, um, conveyor belt of, of, uh, of appointments and tests that we see women going through, like, none of that is required. It's all made up. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's a side note. But anyway, um, oh, no. So, so yeah, how do you know if you've hired a, a midwife or a medwife? Well, first of all, I want to bring to everyone's attention that you don't have to hire anyone. You are an animal. You are a um, full-grown, fertile, uh, adult, sovereign woman. And you are not required to um, take responsibility to anyone in your birthing process or in your pregnancy. You are 100% the authority. Your body knows how to give birth. You don't need anybody. Um, if you are like, whoa, 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 like, that's fucking scary, I'm, I can't just give birth all by myself, um, you know, without someone there, well, for one, I'm not, I'm not saying it needs to be without anyone there, obviously, you know, people who you feel really comfortable with, your partner, people who really support you, friends, um, people who you really trust, like, that, you know, that's always an option, but, um, as far as not having a, care provider or a medical authority there like a doctor or a midwife um there are so many resources for this and there are so many women who are birthing in this way these days because women are tired of feeling like their um, birth is in the hands of someone else so you can um look into my favorite resource is the free birth society so you can listen to all of their podcasts they have um, some courses online they have a school coming out um they have instagram an instagram account i think it's called free birth society um so that would be the best resource in my opinion for that type of thing um and also just like watching videos of women doing it. Like there's so many uh, there's so many videos on YouTube of women birthing out of captivity and birthing in a natural undisturbed environment. and um, just you know watching those can be really um, affirming and empowering. Another thing is um, they have what more and more these days, I mean, I say more and more. It's actually less and less compared to way back when, but it's becoming – it's coming back more and more as they have what's called traditional midwives or people who are called um, – because the word midwife has been co-opted by, you know, the government and this paternalistic patriarchal system, the medical establishment, um, it's actually – like we can't actually call ourselves midwives anymore unless we've had, you know, the medical – Midwifery model training. So a lot of women these days are calling themselves traditional midwives or birth keepers or radical birth keepers or birth attendants. So if you look for women with this title in their name who have attended births, um, then you, you know, are less likely to, you know, be in the care of or be witnessed by someone who um, is going to kind of throw a wrench in your birthing process. And you can ask them all the questions um, that you might ask a normal midwife. Um, even if, like, a, a good question to ask is, are you a licensed midwife? That's a good question because if they are licensed then that means they have a responsibility to their licensure. That means they have a lia- that they have a liability hanging over their head. Just it's just like a doctor who has a medical license. It's the same thing. Like, you know, they have to act and react in a certain way um, in order to um, not be liable for certain outcomes. And uh, when they don't, or when they do something that is seen as a violation of that license, then they could get their license revoked. And with midwives, like I said, these rules and regulations that are hanging over their heads do not always and often don't ser- serve the women and the babies that um, hire them. So, like I said, a good question to ask a woman um, who you want to be on your birth team is if she is a licensed midwife, if she has, you know, birth attendant or midwife in her title. Um, those are the main things as far as um, who you're hiring. If you have any other questions, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. If you live in Austin, Texas, uh, which is local to me, and you're listening to this and you are someone who has hired a midwife or, you know, maybe you haven't but you're gonna end up being pregnant one day or whatever. Um and you kind of want the lowdown on who the medwives and the midwives are or traditional midwives or traditional or um you know, just the traditional radical birthkeeper birth attendants are in the Austin area. I have like the pretty a pretty good lowdown on who's who and what's what and who I would say yeah hire this person or definitely don't hire that person and so on so yeah feel free to reach out to me for that and I think that's pretty much it I think I said everything that I wanted to say not all midwives are created equal and in this day and age if they're a midwife then you can pretty much bet you know where um, and how they got their training and not only that because you know it's true that There are many midwives who were trained under, you know, the conventional midwifery medical training way, but they're kind of rogue, you know, like they break rules, and they break rules often, and I've seen that. Um, They break rules in order to serve women, so that's definitely there. That's just something to keep in mind. There's also very, um, some midwives like Maren Green from the Indie Births Taking Back Birth community who was a licensed midwife and then gave her license away. She gave up her license in order to serve women. So those people exist too, which, you know, some people might like that because it's like, oh, you know, you had the training of a midwife, but you are no longer beholden to the rules and regulations of a midwife. So maybe some women feel comfortable about that. Um, and then you know there might be women who what they want is a high tech home birth. And if women want a high tech, highly managed home birth, then they need to probably yeah, yeah then they need to hire a midwife, um, a home birth midwife so you know it just it really depends on what you're wanting but this podcast is specifically speaking to those women who I know what they're wanting is a natural peaceful empowering birth and yeah all this information that I just gave is how I think you can optimize your chances of getting that so I think that's it um like I said reach out if reach out if you have any questions And I'll talk to you uh, next time I talk to you.